want the local hockey team to get tougher. I want the local hockey team to get tougher. But be careful what you wish for whenever that toughness crosses the line. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also happen to offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this, and I hope you'll take the time to check those out as well. Golden Knights 7. Panthers 2 in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final last night in Las Vegas. And that's not what I was expecting. I did pick the Panthers in 6. I also did forecast that Florida would lose Game 1 because of the long layoff, because of their you know legs just getting rusty, falling out of that, that spirit, that drive, that energy that's difficult to sustain during a a long break, like the several days that they had off. So there's two ends to this. On on one hand, you give credit to the Golden Knights for performing as they have. Uh, Their depth is unbelievable. Might be the best in the league. Jonathan Marcheseau with a couple of goals and an assist. Uh, Just so many different players get involved in their scoring on their back end and What's Aiden Hill? Wasn't he like their ninth string goalie or something? At some point in the past season, they just have so much. In large part, of course, because of that generous expansion draft format. But that's another subject for another day. It's the other guys, I think, that are becoming the bigger story. The Panthers have committed 130 minutes worth of penalties through these first two games. That is the most in Stanley Cup final history for the first two games. It's the third most that any team's taken through any two consecutive games. They've, like, lost their minds. And, of course, the leader in losing his mind, and this also shouldn't be a surprise, is that Matthew Kachuk's been in the box so often that he's missed like the equivalent of a full game's worth of shifts. He missed 17 minutes and 59 seconds last night. In game one, he missed four minutes and 24 seconds. Every last one of these penalty minutes was served while the Panthers were trailing. This isn't helping. Whereas when you watch the Vegas players, and this doesn't just apply to this series, if you've watched them throughout the playoffs, when they faced Winnipeg, when they faced Edmonton, when they faced Dallas, but especially against Dallas, but now also the Panthers, those teams, the Stars and the Panthers, have tried to fight the Golden Knights out of a clear frustration that they can't get through their their back end, that they can't get through their goaltender, that they can't stop them from taking advantage of chances the way they do through all four lines. Do you remember how the Stars just completely flipped out in the conference final? Did things we really didn't normally see from them. And now we're seeing this from the Panthers. I don't have an issue, by the way, with the Kachuk hit 
on Jack Eichel. Eichel had his head down coming out of the zone. I'm sorry. At some point, the player who gets hit has to take responsibility. But all the rest, it's starting to look embarrassing the way that it did for the Stars. And that doesn't win in the final. I'm going to remind you here, as someone who follows the NHL franchise in Pittsburgh, that under this head coach, this was how the Penguins won their championships. They were the team that skated away. They were the team that turned the other cheek. And it would drive people nuts. Remember this? Especially in the early rounds, I thought the Capitals both years were going to murder the Penguins, like commit homicide there on the ice with the nature of some of their hits, their cheap shots, the stuff that was away from the play, the stuff that was right in everybody's faces, didn't matter. In fact, both years, but especially in 2017, the Penguins players, and they would acknowledge this to me afterward, were still so banged up from the Washington series that they would get through you know, the final against uh, San Jose and then the final against Nashville with broken bones, broken ribs, broken hands and wrists, shoulders that were thrown out. But you know what? They won. And the Capitals didn't, at least not until the following year. And even then, when the Capitals did win, they did it by playing hockey and by toning down all of that other crap. I'll say it again. I would prefer the Penguins to be a lot tougher, a lot more physical, and a lot more in your face than they've been the last couple of years. That's not saying much. That's not breaking any ground. But be careful what you wish for in terms of having those players and not necessarily having that control that you need, that self-control. And that goes for everybody on your roster, even an Evan Rodriguez who couldn't keep himself from retaliating against the Rangers and got the Penguins knocked out of that series. It's still the best, smartest approach toward winning a championship. The Golden Knights are showing that right now. When we come back, J1Q. David, who says DK Fenway Sports Group has no direct representation permanently in Pittsburgh to oversee the team. Since they hired Kyle Dubas to oversee both the coach and a GM that he will hire, and apparently Dubas has a long contract in addition to all of that, do you think that they intend for him to fill the role of their guy in Pittsburgh? Really good question, David. Obviously, there isn't an answer for it yet. But taking apart what you ask here, you're correct. Fenway Sports Group does not have someone permanently in Pittsburgh. They sent Dave Beeston, the head of Fenway Sports Management, which is an internal offshoot, to Pittsburgh to function in that role. But he he doesn't live here. He's not permanently here. Neither, of course, are John Henry and Tom Werner, the top two people at FSG. So is Dubas set up to be their guy? 
I mean, I would hope so. If you're keeping him around, if you're guaranteeing him seven years worth of pay, and that is the figure, incidentally, and you believe in him, and you feel like you've got the right individual, and then from there you like what he's got underneath that he puts together, yeah, he can be your guy. He can be your more than an ownership liaison, he can be basically the top of your structure. Because, again, it's not going to be Kevin Acklin. Kevin Acklin is the president of business operations. He has zero hockey background other than being a passionate hockey fan, lifelong Pittsburgher and all that other stuff. He's not a hockey person. You wouldn't be running hockey with him. And I'm positive that Dubas wouldn't have accepted the job if he had to answer to Acklin. Because that would be really, really weird and exactly what he'd wanted to escape in Toronto. So, yeah, now there are certain things that have to be done at an ownership level. They have Board of Governors meetings. Maybe that'll be Beeson. Maybe that'll be Henry. Maybe it'll be both. There are other settings in which uh, you need, not want, you need the ownership to be present. But I don't feel like it'll be the same sense that I had all of last season and then before that, that it was just this absentee ownership, that there was nobody accountable to anyone, in large part because Brian Burke, as president of hockey operations, was doing nothing to stop Ron Hextall's unintentional, I would hope, sabotage of the franchise. That should have been Burke's job. That should have been what Burke was doing. Burke, the moment he found out about Mikhail Granland, or that they were even looking into him, should have been that guy who said, hang on a second, what are we doing? And even if he doesn't do his own research, they've got a staff there. They've got people there going, oh my God, no, what are you doing? At which point Burke says, no, you can't do this. That's very clearly going to be Dubas's charge. If Dubas does the job and he does it appropriately and professionally, you really don't need a lot of that stuff that I was pining for over the past season. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.